my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Modern Rules, a production of MSNBC and iHeartRadio. Is it okay to say that men are allowed to exit the conversation for a moment while they go get themselves figured out and feel what they need to feel while the rest of us take over and make the decisions? It's a welcome relief to say, actually, it pisses me off when you put your hand in the center of my back every time we have a meeting. The problem is, I think we have this culture now where you get points. If you're offended, you're immediately right. All you have to do to be right is be offended. When I was just getting started in my career on Wall Street, I definitely got a ton of mileage about being the only woman on the team. I used it to my advantage. And I'm not saying I used it in a creepy way or an inappropriate way. But for me, being a woman in a man's world was my reality, and I made it work to my advantage. To be totally honest, I would credit a lot of my success to the fact that I built relationships with men And at the same time, I know that many thought leaders in the Me Too movement would say, that's not appropriate. The workplace is the workplace. Your personal life and your professional life should never cross. I'm Stephanie Rule, MSNBC anchor and NBC News correspondent, and this is Modern Rules. In this season of Modern Rules, I'm going to be spending time unpacking the hairiest conversations from privilege to political correctness to try and figure out how we can navigate this changing world and break through to actually talk with and learn from the people who disagree with us and maybe, just maybe, learn something along the way. Today's episode, Me Too. It's been two years since the Me Too movement emerged 
in the wake of the horrible revelations about movie producer Harvey Weinstein. That changed absolutely everything. And in many ways, it was the wake-up call our business, our society, our culture drastically needed. But even in the last two years, now even that change has changed again. We're going to dig into the current state of Me Too with my guests Amber Tamblyn, Joanna Coles, and Scott Galloway. That's coming up on Modern Rules. One thing I found myself thinking about, especially in this stage of Me Too, is redemption. Is it possible? And what does it look like? Who gets it? Without question, there's no way we're going to go back to the way things were. But what happens to men who are genuine about accepting the consequences for the way they behaved and are committed to changing? My first guest has a pretty interesting take on how men and women are reacting. What's possible in terms of moving forward post Me Too? She is the talented, extraordinary, award-winning actress and activist and most recent author of a very powerful memoir of her own coming of age as a feminist, my friend Amber Tamblyn. Amber, Era of Ignition was this book that women needed. We're going through Time's Up. We're going through Me Too. Since you wrote it, does it feel like people are asking you, what are the new rules of engagement? I think the book has opened up exactly that more questions than it has answers for people. I find myself constantly in this position, people asking big, difficult questions. My kind of favorite is when they're sort of talking third person. They're like, I have a friend who's in a marriage with a man who, you know, is having a hard time with the Me Too movement. And how would I explain to my friend? You know, there's a lot of those sort of um, questions, which you kind of know sometimes are about themselves. But I think um, I think what's so important about everything that's happening right now is that the questions are okay. The sense of sort of feeling lost and chaotic right now and and entangled and deeply enmeshed in this chaos is a good thing. Because I think from that is where real clarity and change can ultimately come from. I don't think that sitting and knowing what the answers are, that doesn't provide us with any ability to acquire new knowledge. We have to be curious and open to, to ideas. But isn't one of the problems that some people think they know what the answers are and they know what the rules of engagement are. Mm-hmm. And one of my fears is we're having men especially retreat. They're so anxious about how to behave that they're now leaving the conversation or they're not engaging with women in the workforce. And A, do we think that's really happening? And B, if it is, what do we do about it? So let me say this. Do you really think that it's wrong or bad that that happens for a little while? Is it okay to say that men are allowed to exit the conversation for a moment while they go get themselves figured out and feel what they need to feel? while the rest of us take over and make the decisions. Because for me, part of it should be them being allowed to feel that way. I am really okay with everyone retreating to their corners right now. I think this foe coming together, this foe reaching across the aisle with people who do not have your best interest in heart, who do not care what you have to think, who do not think your voice matters in any given room or position of power, I I don't think it's right for us right now to be spending energy trying to connect with those people. That's going to come. That is inevitably going to come. All of these men in business saying, well, I'm not going to mentor women anymore. I'd like to know when they started doing that, right? I came from investment banking. There's never been a woman head of investment bank ever. So they're rewriting history and saying, I'm not going to take women along and bring them up the corporate ladder with me. Yet if you actually look, there's no evidence of them doing that at all. 
even in the announcing of that, it's they're revealing themselves as supporters of charity cases, as if women are, you know, meant to be charity cases. And it's like, look, I brought this one woman up this one time and I helped her get to the position that she was in. And I'm not going to do that anymore because that was me putting myself out. We have to let men be able to retreat. The ones that want to do that, the ones that have existed and lived in cowardice and have maintained their power through uh, through that type of behavior. And for men, I think the simple practice of not going, you know, I know what's right for women. I know I know how to get more women in positions of power. I'm the best person to pick the legislation for women. I'm the best person to create laws for women. I'm the best man in the house to help, uh, you know, pass legislation for women's um, bodily autonomy and health care. And yes, conservative women are part of the conversation. And they may feel like they don't even want to be part of that conversation yet. But I think inevitably they will. Meghan McCain and I agree that it was totally unfair that no one reached out to conservative women, you know, during the Women's March rally. Same thing with Time's Up. I've been been working to sort of bring her in and bring in uh, more conservative women to talk with Time's Up and to talk with um, having a larger platform. But you can't feel like you're a part of any movement unless you have some kind of larger support. Not one of us can do it alone. Not one of us is going to come out and say, okay, one time Harvey Weinstein grabbed my butt. One time Harvey Weinstein dragged me into a hotel room. One time, you know, no individual person was able to do that. It was like a floodgate that opened. And and now the floodgate has opened, but there's still parts of the water that's not getting through. But here's what I'm not allowed to say. That there are also women who have consciously used sex to get ahead. That is absolutely true. So if I try to say this, I get annihilated. So, and I don't know where to put it. So so put it away for a minute <laughs> because there's going to be time, right? So for instance, if you even look at 2017's Me Too movement, two years ago, there is no way that Joe Biden would have been able to pass along and, and become a still viable candidate under those terms two years ago. Ah, Had meaning that, two years ago, we were in the absolute Me Too we moment. In, we were in yes. the center of a deep, deep storm. I think it's Jill Soloway has said it the best, which is when people are talking about like, well, these consequences don't fit for this person. How can you possibly say? And the truth is, we don't know what the consequences are anymore. They've been all thrown out the window. What you are seeing right now is the creation of consequences. We're creating and laying a new foundation of rules. It is happening as we speak. You have to wait for it. We have to do these things in at the appropriate times in which people are ready for them. And maybe sometimes in that given situation, it is about saying, okay, right now I can't say that women are part of the problem, that women putting this out there in the world is part of the problem, because we're still... We're so mad at the patriarchal point of view. We're so mad at men in positions of power. We're still wrapping our head about dismantling that. So I think it's about knowing when to speak about these things. Two years ago, there are things we could never be talking about now. We could not be talking about the, the empathy and, and, and sympathizing of men and how do you bring men into the conversation. If I had done this podcast two years ago, I would have been ripped to the seams and it would have been rightfully so because women deserved their place in anger. They deserved to have the feelings they were having at that moment. And so everything to me at the end of the day comes down to the context of the timing in which we're saying things and we're bringing up points. I think everyone at one point two years ago thought that it was going to be this 
monumental immediate shift where all of a sudden the paradigm was going to change overnight. And it did kind of in a, in a, in a different way than we thought all of these women running for president the first time ever in our entire history. It's, it, that's not a coincidence. Look in the entertainment business, you know, uh, for us, it's, it's having more women as members of the voting academy for the Academy of Television, Arts and Sciences. It's having more women of color, more representation who are behind the camera, directing, producing. You're seeing, you know, Regina King. You're seeing a black woman win uh, Best Supporting Actress for the first time ever in the Academy Awards. You're seeing things you've never seen before. It's unprecedented. I don't think there's a war on men and neither do you, but there's a war on power. That's really what it is. The war is on power. So that, that means people who abuse positions of power, who are, who are up there doing harm and creating harm for other people. I think women reclaiming their voice and reclaiming their autonomy and reclaiming what we need for ourselves is the most important thing we can do as opposed to spending the energy on trying to stop them. Because we can't. Again, this is a long-term goal. It's going to take years and years for this to happen. But it's been statistically proven and shown, too, that when you have more equality in the workplace, when you have more equality in positions of power, sexual harassment and assault goes down. We're going to be right back after a quick break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Welcome back to Modern Rules. My very first day in New York, my very first day on the job, I met a boy at work. I ended up marrying that boy. Now, when I think about our story, our career story, our friendship, our love life, I think through the 2019 lens, it was a problematic relationship. I'm not saying it was a me too that worked out, but it was a situation that today would definitely be a no-no. So I had a chance to ask the brilliant, influential editor, Joanna Coles, who's a keen observer of our culture and of women's perspectives of identity and relationships, and she's also no prude, on her views on this issue. I want to talk about how our sex or our sexuality um, is so prevalent in the workplace. I think back to when I started, when I graduated college, and the advice I got was all centered around um, behaving. Uh, don't drink at a work event, dress conservatively, um, never stay out late, don't sleep with any guys at work. And you can think that's good advice or bad, but men who are starting in the workplace never get that advice. I think I think men get the advice of don't get drunk at work and don't get drunk at work dinners and don't sleep with the secretary or don't sleep with your female colleague. I think men are much more conscious of that now. I mean, possibly not when we were graduating and getting into the workforce, but I think people are much more mindful of it now. Okay, let's say you do all those things. Let's say you get super drunk at a work event and you sleep with someone. The impact on a woman who does that I think, is much worse than it is for a man. I suspect now, actually, there's so much sensitivity around it. It's probably the same. I think certainly 10, 15, even maybe five years ago, you're absolutely right. But I think post Me Too, people are much more conscious of it now. Are we better off post Me Too? In what way? Do you think the workplace is smarter or better? Do you think it's better for women? Undoubtedly, the workplace is better for women than it was three or five years ago. The fact that women are allowed to talk to each other about mm. it is a huge relief for women. And I think I think the small microaggressions that women talk about that one becomes aware of are actually incredibly interesting. And you saw it playing out in the Biden campaign with people saying, actually, I don't like it when you kiss the back of my head or actually, I don't like it when you ruffle my hair. Those are all things that I think over the years women have had to put up with, if not more egregious behavior. And it's a welcome relief to say, actually, it pisses me off when you put your hand in the center of my back every time we have a meeting. And the reverse, women forever who do get ahead, people love to say she must have slept her way there. I don't, I don't hear people saying that so much Not now. today, but that's been the case before. You don't think so? Yeah, yeah. Sort of 20, 30 years ago, but I don't think anybody thinks that now. But do you believe there is a, a place that we could get to in the workplace that's too far? Is there, could we over-sanitize things that, you know, there there a level of intimacy, and I don't mean sexual intimacy, but but connection does help us advance. It's how... You really get to understand people. It's sort of where culture lives. Well, I think relationship intelligence is absolutely vital. And now people are much more aware of it than they were before. People get called out much more. And it can be really damaging when you get called out. But what's interesting when people do get called out is that it's often a systematic pattern of behavior 
which more than one person then responds to. And I think we've all figured out that if there's a complaint about someone and it's one person making the complaint, that's one thing and it's probably something that went on between the two of them that ended badly. But when there's a complaint about someone and then 12 people weigh in and say yes and they all have almost identical stories, then you're glad that that's been put under a a microscope. When Me Too first began, we weren't waiting for 12 people. That's sort of when that cancel culture began, when as soon as someone was accused of something, it became public and it was game over for them. No, I don't think that's true. I think you're doing your media kind of rushing to judgment thing. That's not what happened. It took forever to get the Harvey Weinstein story, which really kicked off the Me Too, and there were dozens of women who complained. It was the collective group of women that allowed eventually the story to get broken, similarly with what happened with Charlie Rose. Almost all the people that we're thinking about, some of the big film directors, these were scores of women. Al Franken is a sort of a more interesting case, I agree, although there were a lot of people who felt he'd been inappropriate, right? And and at the end, if if there would have been a, um, a due process, due diligence, maybe they would have come to that conclusion. But there's this fear right now that in, in a mob mentality, as soon as someone gets accused, the mob comes after them. Well, it's pretty hard for it to get into the mainstream media without there being a group of accusers. I mean, give me a, give me a case of someone who's been brought down by one accuser in the, in the Me Too world that, that you're referencing. Well, um, it's not a direct Me Too and it's not sexual assault, but... The Joe Biden situation came from one woman, and it, she said it was inappropriate. It wasn't sexual harassment. If sexual assault is in one category and Joe Biden is in another, and Joe needs to be addressed, but in Joe's, maybe it's that conduct doesn't work. We need to update it. And I wonder, and we don't know the answer, if she had reached out to his campaign and said, this person, is he's running. I need to tell you my experience, and if he's going to run for president, it should be something different. But we saw this woman, boom, rise to prominence. In Al Franken's case, all of a sudden that woman, for many of us, seemed to come out of nowhere, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't know enough about the Al Franken case. And I think that the images of him pretending to sort of turn the women's, the woman's breast when she was sleeping, though, in you know very poor taste, clearly weren't being done in secret. The photo was being done to show off and be funny, right? It was a joke. It was a bad joke. It was a joke in poor taste. But it wasn't like it was happening in secret, which is, I think, one of the issues that a lot of the Me Too, the Me Too movement has raised, this sort of secret, furtive, controlling behavior that goes on that women feel uncomfortable with. Yes. Rightly so. Yes. I think the Me Too mo- movement has has been you know, 99% great. Where do you think it goes from here? Well, I think the media is enormously powerful when it shines its spotlight on a subject. And then collectively, the media rolls on to whatever is next. But the media itself has got bored with Me Too and is moving on. It's actually moved on to a different narrative that I worry is dangerous. And it's this narrative, if you turn on conservative media any night of the week at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and they will tell you, There is a war on men in this country. Men are going to be falsely accused of assault. Your sons aren't going to get into college because a diversity candidate is going to take their spot. And, you know, corporate America is being taken over by women. And I watch it and I think 
This is crazy. If you actually look at the data, there, the, the amount of women running companies is, is, is minuscule. But you have a, a, a portion of the media telling this country every night, these angry women are taking over and they're going to take us down. This is what the media does. Why are you so, you seem outraged by this. As I'm not it's outraged. Surprising. It's just, I, I, I'm that's not, what conservative media is. I'm not outraged. I'm concerned. Because what will the impact be then? I care so much about the advancement of women. So how do you, so I'm very curious then, how do you explain the results of the midterm elections last November? I think this is a, I love this question because the results of the midterms were stunning that we saw a record number of women run. We saw a record number of people with education backgrounds, with science backgrounds win. And I thought that was tremendous. I love your question because I think it speaks to the perils of media narratives. And the reason I wanted to even have this conversation is because I feel the perils because I live in them. So maybe it's time to move back to banking. <laughs> there you go. Just hold on a second because we have so much more to get into. We'll be back right after a quick break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back to Modern Rules. So after I had the privilege of speaking about this to two brilliant women, I thought I needed to bring a dude into the mix. I brought in my dear friend, author, entrepreneur, and very popular NYU professor, Scott Galloway. If you say something from your heart and your mind, yeah. and it doesn't exactly fit into a category, people will call you a sexist, a racist, right. a misogynist, right. and then you're dead to them. 
Hundred percent. The risk. There's only one real dialogue here, and that is our appropriate dialogue for someone in my position, and that is to pile on and be outraged by everything, and join the chorus. One of the reasons I decided to go into academia is academia is based on the pursuit of truth, regardless of who it offends. The problem is, I think we have this culture now where you get points. If you're offended, you're immediately right. All you have to do to be right is be offended. You immediately get virtue points. We're not really having a conversation. We're having an overdue immune reaction to some terrible problems. But we aren't having a conversation because there's a one in 10 chance when I start talking about the things on your list here, I'm going to fuck up and ruin my career. Or say nothing. This is my fear. That's 100%. Retreat. Look at Me Too, for example. I did a a wellness panel last year, and I was talking about how in Me Too, there's different grades of Me Too. And I actually brought up a a very unpopular topic of redemption. Because I think, listen, we love to fight as a culture, but we also love forgiveness. We love a comeback. And I brought that up, and a woman in the audience stood up and said, F you, and she walked out. And another woman said... Corporate America was built by male white supremacists. And until we destroy that system, we can't move forward. And I tried to make the argument like, listen, the world is run by white guys. If you want to get them to the table, if you want to make things better, we have to find a middle ground. Is there a middle ground? I don't know if we're going to have what is really a conversation. I don't know how we end up on the other end of this. And I believe what Jonathan Haidt, he's sort of my Yoda around this stuff, and he's a colleague at NYU. And he believes that at least initially, you should interpret gestures with the intent that they were made. And even just saying that is dangerous because there's a general viewpoint that, okay, affection in the workplace is a really interesting thing because I do a podcast with Kara Swisher and she was saying that, you know, she's experienced, and I believe her, so many just creepy moments with men who feel at liberty to invade a woman's space. I also asked her, have there been moments of expression of affection at work that you've appreciated? And she said, yes. And I said, well, some of us need help figuring out the gray zone in between that. And the reaction right now among all men at work is that there's absolutely no affection. There's no real open, honest dialogue. There isn't even joking. And I think it's creating a lack of camaraderie and, quite frankly, a lack of career advancement and connection for the people who need it the most. So this is my fear. I have built my career based on personal close relationships, right? right? When I started in banking, literally, the way I got ahead, uh, it was my assignment to get reservations most nights of the week at the hottest restaurants in New York City for these guys. And when I did it, I always made sure there was an empty seat at the table for me. Sure. So three nights a week, I was going to hot restaurants and nightclubs with the guys that I worked for. Mm-hmm. And one could say, oh, my God, it's sexist that you had to make dinner reservations. Mm-hmm. What were you doing going to places like that? Guess what? Me going to those dinners and getting myself a seat every single night mm-hmm. was great for my career. Yep. And to say... I'm going to use my feminine wiles. It's not feminine wiles or sexuality, but women do have high emotional intelligence. And people might invite me to dinner because I'm going to make the table move faster. I'm going to make the clients feel good. Not in a sexual way, but in a personal way. And that personal connection, building trust with the senior people at the bank and with our clients is what catapulted my business. Mm -hmm. Now, the idea of doing that is so offensive that that, that especially young women are saying that should not happen in the workplace. And my worry is like, ladies, you are going to miss out. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. I hear that. And I think it's it's too bad you had to put up with that bullshit. But uh, you had the ability to navigate it and leverage it and take advantage of it. 
you know how this this problem gets solved, and this is going to sound politically correct. I've run nine businesses, and I hate to even say this out loud. One of the things I'm most proud about is no, none of my friends has ever been sued, nor have we ever sued anybody else. You're generous with people, and the thing that has protected or been the kind of the kryptonite of my firms from ever having a complaint or a lawsuit is that early on I recognized this underinvested asset called young female leadership. And that is if you gave them a little bit of flexibility, they were outstanding assets that weren't appreciated by traditional corporate America. So what I've heard, especially around redemption, is that for so many people and industries, they're like at the tip of the iceberg for Me Too. I feel like Me Too has been revolutionary uh, in the media, on Wall Street, in lots of industries. But for many, they're saying, Steph, we've barely scratched the surface. We're not even ready for the redemption story. But even with the changes that we've seen, it's hard for me to get redemption into the conversation. But I actually think we need to. Because a lot of people want to talk about redemption, but they're afraid. They're afraid to bring it up because this is such a hot-button issue. Are we going to create an island where every Me Too person has to live like a leper colony? Or are we going to say, listen, there are different levels of this. There are people who've been embroiled in it, and maybe they've gotten smarter and better, or we have. Here's what I'm committed to do. I'm committed to talk about Me Too. Not to banish anyone to an island. I'm not going to let Me Too sit on a, a shelf that I won't touch. So for every guy out there who's saying, I'm not going to mentor a woman anymore because I'm going to be accused of something, I'm not going to allow him to say that because I don't want mentorship to go away. And I am going to spend more time that puts myself at risk. Women that I work with who are so clear, black and white, that there should never be paths that cross. So I'm going to bring those people to my house for dinner where they're going to eat with my husband who I met at work and my children who wouldn't exist if I didn't meet that guy at work and try to say if we opened our hearts and opened our minds and realized the negative impact when sex exists at work, what it can do and all the people it can hurt. If we talked about it more, but actually talked about these things more with compassion, I think we'd have progress. This has been our conversation on Me Too. Thanks for listening, bringing an open mind, and helping me create the modern rules. That's it for today's episode. I'm your host, Stephanie Rule. A very, very special thanks to the extraordinary people who made this happen. My producers, Julie Brown, Samantha Ulin, and Ann Barak Audio. Michael Biet for booking and wrangling the amazing guests who joined us, Julian Weller for editing, and Bill Plax, Michael Azar, and Jacopo Penzo for their recording expertise. Special thanks to Steve Lichtig, Barbara Rabb, Jonathan Wald, Marie Dugo, Holly Traz, Nikki Etor, and Christina Everett. Our executive producers are Connell Byrne and Mangesh Hatigador. And of course, the men who brought us all together, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia, Bob Pittman, and Chairman of NBC News, Andy Lack. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.